Hey everyone, welcome to episode 184, Understanding Your Parents. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So this episode has been kind of, I've been toying with for many, many, many months. And I say that all the time because I'm constantly thinking about you all and your kids and your families and watching things in our house and thinking about things that I used to do in the schools that work and just, I kind of watch my kids like they're zoo animals. And now they're a little bit older or a lot older. I can kind of ask for insight and what was going on there and what was happening there and what happened then and how did you respond when I did this, like during calm waters. It's harder to have those post meltdown or post argument talks when they're younger, but when they're older, you get a lot of good insight and you kind of learn how to dance together where you're still gonna step on each other's toes, but you don't do it as much. And you can kind of know that they're kind of trying to step on your toes on purpose. And then you can kind of see when you're trying to step on their toes on purpose as well. So it's kind of fun when they get older because you're not so scared of the meltdowns and the tantrums and things like that because they still happen. And that's what I want to normalize for you as much as humanly possible. And they should be able to melt down and have tantrums and have emotions within their four walls because that's how they're going to learn how to figure it out and how to sort them out when they are in the quote unquote real world. So instead of trying to make them so prepared for the real world, because we always want a future borrow worry and future focus and oh no if they do this in fourth grade then that means and when they're in college then they're not gonna they're gonna flunk out or they didn't do well on this test so that means when they're a CEO that they're gonna fire all their employees sometimes little things we think just we talk kind of talked about that in the future parenting that we do where we borrow worry and think that the things that they do in third grade fifth grade ninth grade 12th grade means that that's how they're going to spend the rest of their life like I saw a post from a mom yesterday and she said, my daughter's always running late and it drives me insane. She's gonna be late to work and then she's gonna get fired. And, and she was texting it as a joke to her daughter and she shared the text threads. And I said, just as a reassurance, and you might be listening if that was you, just as a reassurance, I was late all the time as a kid and didn't know my right from my left until I was like 25 years old. I mean, I honestly did, but you know, I was gonna say my, my you know what from the elbow. And I was, uh, and I'm still pretty spacey, but I'm usually on time. So just as a reassurance, how they spend their childhood is not how they're gonna spend their adulthood because they are going to figure it out. Whenever I start to borrow worry, I'm just like, they'll figure it out, they'll figure it out. Or I go in someone else's lane, I'm like, they'll figure it out. So just reassure that your kids will figure it out. With or without you, they're gonna figure it out. And they're gonna figure out what works for them because they're their own throbbing spirit and they have own, their own soul separate from you. And that kind of frees it up a little bit to have, have more fun. And then we just focus on our side of the street. So this is a topic that when we did the episodes entitled, Your Parents Lied to You, I would say that's one of the most popular episodes that evoked the most emotion from everybody, including myself, because it is so much freedom. And if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. And I will also give you a little, I'll give you a little summary today about what it's about 
because I listen to so much true crime and sometimes I'll be listening to true crime and they're like, if you haven't listened to my video going over the summary of this case, because they'll do like update videos and then they'll say, you know, the case of Sally and Susie, if you haven't listened and don't know the details, then go back and listen. I'm like, no, I want, I just tell me the 411. I, I can probably figure it out. I don't want to go back and listen. I will go back and listen, but I can't do that right now because I'm in the shower or I'm on a run or I'm driving a car. I can't go find that episode. So rest assured, I will give you a brief summary. The brief summary I learned from Christine Hassler, who has an amazing podcast. So Christine Hassler teaches, and this is so powerful to know because we always talk about a detachment. I asked one of you the other day, I'm like, what's been your biggest takeaway? You were on episode like 54, you know who you are. And I said, what's been your biggest takeaway so far? And you wrote back the most simple, three syllable word you wrote back detachment and that is the most powerful thing that we can learn as parents is to detach our egos and to connect on our heart level and when we have connection with our kids they can feel it they know it it's not something we have to actually talk about and so this is very freeing for a lot of people because this concept allows you to detach from your parents opinions about you positive or negative meaning something about you and your worthiness and your value. It's very, very difficult to grow up in a family and grow up in a home where your parents have mental illness, they have addictions, they have their stuff. I think all parents have their stuff. And so then they project that onto you. And then because we're so little and we're so young and we're so impressionable, we take that as fact. So when we detach our egos, we learn how to do that. We see our child as a separate soul having a human experience. When our parents were growing up and raising us, they didn't know anything about egos. They didn't know about detachment. You know, children should be seen, not heard was what was kind of taught back in the day. So it's very difficult to grow up in a home where there was abuse, mental illness, depression, anxiety, emotional incest that we talked about last week. That's very difficult to grow up in that environment because as a child, you're very impressionable and you think everything that they say is completely factual. And what Christine Hassler teaches is that our souls were connected to something much greater and bigger before we came onto this earth and onto this planet. So she talks about our connection being to God, to, to the universe, to source, whatever you like to call it. I, I literally picture myself like a up in, up in heaven, like, like baby boss. Was that the name of it? Or baby genius, baby boss. And they're sliding down those slides, like shoots and ladders. And it's such a beautiful image to think about our souls being connected to something much greater and bigger than us. And then we just see ourselves as a soul having a human experience. And we see other people in our life doing the same thing. We can kind of see that as an adult, but when we're kids, we can't see that. So our souls are connected to God. And then we roll down on that slide and we come on and then we have earthly mothers and earthly fathers. And those earthly mothers and earthly fathers had the same experience. They were once that baby in the hospital. And so the concept is our souls are connected to God. Our, our bodies are connected to God. And when we come onto this earth, we give our parents God-like qualities. We think that same connection that we felt up in heaven, sliding down that slide, we think our parents are now God. They're now our godly, our earthly mother and our earthly father. And so it gets pretty tricky because we think that everything they say is the cat's meow. Everything is truth. But what's happening is the way that they feel about themselves, they're going to project onto you and then essentially brainwash you into thinking that what they're saying is factual. Now, if you had amazing parents that were healthy and well-adjusted and had their act together, then that's awesome. 
If you didn't have that, that's where the trouble starts. That's where we get all jammed up that we think that what they said was factual and then we spend our whole life and then we try to prove the opposite for the rest of our lives. That's why we have people pleasing. That's why people are spreading themselves way too thin because they're trying to rob Peter to pay Paul because they're trying to get worthiness and value from another soul, from another human, because maybe your parents didn't make you feel like you were the cat's meow. So then you're going around to all the other cat houses trying to find out if you are the cat's meow. Well, if my parents didn't like me, then that means I don't like myself. So now I need to have someone else like me. And so then we want 100% participation in the like me game. Do you see how exhausting that can be? And it's like trying to fill up a bucket with holes in it. So the reason why I called this understanding your parents is because I want you to detach your worthiness and your value from meaning something about you based on how your parents felt about you, their opinions about you then and now, if they're still living and it was a fractured relationship growing up, I can probably guarantee it's a fractured relationship now because how we do one thing is how we do all the things. So what third grade was like is gonna be blown up version as a 30 year old. That's why when Dr. Shafali says, when I meet with people for the first time, I don't need to know about their childhood. I just needed them to tell me, I just need them to tell me what's going on in their life now. And then it will give me a picture of what happened in third grade. And that's so true because what we learn when we're little, we do when we're big. But when we enter the parent child relationship for the second time, we're like, whoa, I get to do this my own way and we get our second chance at having a parent-child relationship. The first one, we had no say in the matter. The second one, we have all sorts of say. We are now that godly figure in our child's life. They were connected to God, their souls were, before they sh shot down that chutes and ladders and came into your world, and they think that everything you say is factual and you are their God. They will learn later, oh, my parent was just projecting onto me how they felt about themselves. That's why this is always an inside job. This is why it's really good news because we don't have to spend all this time trying to mold and shape and change our kids. They're already okay. They're just trying to figure out life just like we are. So when you look at your parents, I want you to go back and see them as the baby in the hospital and then watch their childhood as you imagine it and how you envision it based on their parents and the messaging and the brainwashing and the projection that was going on in their life while they were in third grade, while they were your child's age, while they were they, their own 10 year old self. And this is so much freedom because you can see then that the way that they treated you had nothing to do with you. They would have treated me that way. They would have treated you're greedy, greedy grandpappy that way. And you can kind of see like why certain children in your four walls growing up, why maybe certain children trigger different parts of your parents' ego. It's really fascinating to look back at your childhood and see your parents as that baby in the hospital, as seeing them as that soul having the human experience because they were connected to God before they sh shot down the chutes and ladders. And then they had their parents... And you have so much insight now. And sometimes it's just through stories. Your grandparents, your parents' parents probably aren't still alive, but you probably hear stories. You probably get a vibe. You probably see pictures. And then not only are they projecting onto their child, how their child responded, meaning your parent, how their parent responded to their parent 
Was it fight or flight? What was the messaging that they received growing up? And then you're not so shocked that the way that they treated you because you know it had nothing to do with you. You're like, of course they acted like a narcissist. Of course they were addicted to alcohol. Of course they were addicted to drugs. Of course they were mentally ill and depressed. It does not make their mistreatment of you okay. It does not excuse it. It does not condone it. It helps you to detach your ego from knowing that the way that they treated you, the way they interacted with you, the way they showed up in the world had nothing to do with you and had everything to do with that passed on of generation of pain, generation of mental illness, generations of addiction, generations of unconsciousness passed along the way. And now you are the hero in the relationship and you are the hero in the family where you will break the patterns if you didn't like the patterns or you can keep doing it. And that's why this work is so hard because you have to choose and it's almost like you have to leave the nest emotionally and do things differently and you will get judgment and you will get pushback. If you didn't like the way that you were raised and then you're changing it up and doing it differently, you can bet your bottom dollar that they're going to have something to say about it. And that's okay because you want them to disagree. Let's say you grew up in a toxic environment. Let's say your home was very toxic, lots of stress, lots of yelling, lots of addiction, lots of X, Y, Z. Now, you're doing things differently. Essentially, you don't want your parent to agree with how you're raising your child because it's so different from the way that they raised you. So you want them to disagree. It's actually a compliment. I know that sounds crazy, but it's kind of like ice cream. I love Oreo cookies and cream. David loves mint chocolate chip. It's okay. I'm not a big fan. I don't need him to like my Oreo cookies and cream for me to like the way that I like to eat my ice cream. It's the same way with your parents. They like mint chocolate chip. You like Oreo. You're going to disagree and that's okay. You don't want them to come over to your side and they never will. And you're certainly not going to jump over to their side because you didn't like the way that you were raised. Do you see how much freedom is in this? And then you end up reparenting yourself through parenting your child and doing things differently because you're being the parent that you needed when you were younger. And we can't go back in time. We can't change our parents. You can't change the addiction. You can't change the abuse. You can't go back in time. But what you can do is you can know that it had nothing to do with you and your worthiness and your value because you were connected to God long before you met your parents. They were just your unconscious, flawed humans trying to figure it all out. And now you see as an adult how hard this parenting gig is. Because before I was a parent, I was like, how hard can it be? You lose some sleep in the beginning and then everything's fine. <laughs> Not so much. And you can, tell, you can retell that story of your childhood, of what a victory it was to make it through and you weren't a victim. You were a victim then, but you don't have to have them keep victimizing you. And you don't have to keep repeating it just because that's the way it's always been done. It's kind of like a recipe. I talked about the tater tot hot dish before. I love the tater tot hot dish. I'm never going to add raisins to the tater tot hot dish. My dad, he'd probably include five boxes of raisins. He loves raisins and all the things. I'm going to pass that recipe on to my kids and they can change it or they can keep it. But they get to decide. You were passed on the tater tot hot dish. You can keep it the same or you can change it. You get to decide because now we are grownups. And when you step into emotional adulthood, it's very empowering 
And a term Dave and I use all the time is we always say, I'm a grown ASS woman. I'm a grown ASS man. I'll figure it out. And we kind of take our power back. It's kind of like the big girl panties, big boy boxers, that same kind of terminology. It's like, I got this. I know how to figure it out. And your kids sense that confidence in you. And then you project that onto them. And then you're not needing them to fix you because you're not broken and you never were. I'll say that again. You're not broken and you never were. Your parents weren't broken. They had broken hearts that they passed on to you. So if they were unkind to you or abused you, that's because of brokenness within them and their hearts based on what they were taught, what they were learned, what they were brainwashed to think and believe. And just like a recipe, it's passed along the generations after generation. So detaching your ego is really powerful to do with our kids. It's always really powerful to do with your parents too, to see your childhood with your grown-up eyes and be like, that was messed up, but look at what a survivor I am. Look what I went through and I'm still here. I went through some, mm, and I'm still here. And I'm not repeating that. And be proud of yourself that you're not repeating it. Because it's very easy just to repeat it. That's probably what your parents did. And then you can see it with your grown-up eyes and your grown-up heart. And you can understand your parents from a grown-up point of view and not the little girl point of view or the little boy point of view. It doesn't make what they did okay. I can't stress that enough. Does not excuse it. It does not condone it. It was messed up. It was not okay. You were a victim. You didn't know any different. A lot of times that means you don't speak with them anymore and that's okay. And just like I always say, we just have to see our parents as humans and not the big word of mom, a big word of dad. And same with your siblings. See your siblings as humans in this life. And if you want to have a relationship with this human, then have a relationship with this human. But so many times and so many clients that I work with put so much meaning on the word brother or sister or uncle or cousin or mom or dad or stepdad or stepmom. And then it gets all jumbled up and we lose all sense of boundaries because of the title, because of the title of the relationship versus looking at them as another human. And then when you see them as humans, as babies in the hospital, as souls having a human experience, from that spot, you make a decision if you want to have a relationship. And what does that relationship look like? And how are we going to dance together? Is it a win-win for me? Is it a win-win for them? Is it a want match for me? And is it a want match for them? And if it's not a want match for them, that's okay. Because not everybody's going to be a want match. It has to be a two-way street. It's like having another baby. It has to be two strong yeses. You can't have one kind of yes. Okay, yeah, maybe. And then I'm going to wing it. It has to be two resounding yeses. And it's a want match for both of you. When you can understand your parents from a grown-up point of view, you can detach your ego and see your childhood as messed up, as awesome, and all of in between. Because everybody's childhood is a little bit of all of that. It's all 50-50. And just like your kids are going to have their 50-50 experience and you're showing up and you're doing your best, you're not trying to be perfect because then you allow them to show up, do their best and not be perfect. It takes the pressure off your shoulders that they're going to have their experience with or without you and you just have to focus on your side of the street and it takes the pressure off and when there's less, when there's less pressure, there's more harmony and that's always the goal is to have more harmony in the home. I love you guys and I'll talk next week. Bye-bye. 
Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.